0: The Rudy Giuliani Show, and uh, we've got quite a lineup uh, for you, and a surprise uh, guest, uh, or at least a, su- a surprise commentary from a surprise guest. And we're going to let you know more about that as we as we move along. Let's let's go to the. Uh, Let's go to the, uh, some, of the, some of the things, again, that aren't emphasized that you should know uh, about these hearings that are going on and about the balloon and uh, all the issues that are now arising from the balloon and the very, very coincidental fact that uh, the president did something extraordinary, right? He told us in the State of the Union speech that he protected us Against the Chinese uh, uh, intelligence gathering, and now it now turns out he did nothing of the sort. He didn't protect us at all. <clears throat> the Chinese were able to get their full uh, uh, their full value out of that uh, balloon. Uh, it wasn't taken down until after. They had completed their surveillance and their picture-taking, and they went went over at least three critical Air Force bases that, of course, uh, the big liars in the Biden administration aren't telling you. So, uh, you know, please, uh, we cannot assume that the Chinese are as stupid as Biden and the people around him. I mean, it's unfortunate that we have... um either uh, mental midgets or cowards or communists now uh, running our government, but to lie to us like we're stupid is ridiculous. Uh, first they told us, first explanation, I don't know if Biden did it himself or one of his goons, but basically the, they told us that it didn't really matter, that the balloon wouldn't pick up anything the satellite wasn't getting. Well, that, I mean, that was on its face idiotic. The satellite is like uh, whirls away from where the balloon was. The balloon was only sixty thousand feet above the Earth, which is uh you know just a little bit just a little bit higher than most commercial aircraft and not and probably about where military aircraft are going to be, maybe more like fifty or fifty five thousand feet. I remember the Concorde used to get up to fifty five thousand feet above the Earth. Uh, that's pretty damn close for the kind of surveillance equipment that the Chinese, the Russians, and we now have. So they got they got the best possible pictures they were going to get of air bases that uh, they're very, very interested in because those are the air bases, some of them which have the missiles that would be used to protect us against China and become even more important to us because our um, our pr- president who, who serves China rather than America by giving up the Bagram Air Base 400 miles from China, is now going to have to rely on much longer-range missiles. I mean, he had had an unbelievable advantage there. And he and the head of the Joint Chiefs, the one who said he would warn China uh, should uh, Trump ever decide to attack them, which is an extraordinary statement, extraordinary that he still remains there. Well, the guy who was going to warn China uh, is supposedly the one who advised that we should get rid of the pogrom base 400 miles from China. Now, gee, that's the kind of thing China would pay for to do that and still expect that, you, you know, the price would be too high. But I guess 31 million uh, hit, the, hit the spot, right? So h- how, how do we ignore uh, Biden doing these extraordinary favors for China against the interests of the United States? imperiling the national security of the United States, letting them get their full, what was it, six or seven days of, or five days of surveillance over three critical bases, and who knows what else, and then only taking them down after they had already done all the damage they could do. Now, we combine that with the fact that very early in his administration, when, he, when we had the debacle of Afghanistan, he gives away an Air Force base that had just been modernized, that the Air Force was very happy with, in, uh, in Bagram, about 30 to 40 miles outside of the capital, Afghanistan. A lot of reasons why he shouldn't have given away, including the fact that it could have helped to save lives, but the long-term issue about it that is completely unexplainable, and, and, and the, the strange thing is nobody even asked him, even asked him to explain this. What'd you give away an air base 400 miles from China for? Well, at one point, Miley, the one who was going to warn China, said it wasn't strategic. Well, that's moronic. It wasn't strategic? and Then why are we looking for air bases a 1,000 miles from China now or 800 miles from China, whatever the hell the Philippines are? Because we don't have Bagram. And we're not going to get one 400 miles away. That's like being on their border. The 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 um, amount of time for a missile to get delivered is almost as important as the 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 the, the uh, strength and the quality of the missile. It's the it's the uh, danger that Israel's in. Uh, an iron dome does a pretty damn good job of protecting them against that. But iron dome would be a hundred percent successful if there was about eight hundred or a thousand, let's say a thousand miles separating the Palestinian Authority and and. Um, and Israel. I've been to the Iron Dome uh, during the war and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, graciously allowed me to do that and then gave me a letter that I could give to Mrs. Reagan to thank her and her husband posthumously for saving so many Israeli lives because they had tried to make a fool out of him when he suggested uh, a defense, an air defense, against missiles and one of the people that, that, that was against it, of course, was Joe Biden, because you had to know when Joe Biden was against it, it was a damn good program. And it turns out that it is a damn good program. At least the Israelis would tell you, even with the tremendous uh, 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 difficulties they have being so close, basically, you know, it's like Central Park to Brooklyn. Um, they, they have a well over a 90% success rate, uh, the fatalities are down to if not nothing pretty close to nothing and literally i watched how they have to do it i mean they got anywhere from 2 maybe at most 10 minutes to decide whether to take the missile down whether it's a uh, whether it's a missile headed for a pop populated area or it's a decoy uh, in fact, in the, in the one of the places I was at, the commanding officer was a nineteen-year-old woman in the Israeli army, whose family had come uh, twenty years earlier from Ethiopia to uh, to Israel. Uh, they were ancient Jews. It just so happened that I was in Israel in 1985 or so when that was going on, and that's when I first met Benjamin Netanyahu and Ehud Olmert and people who became lifetime friends. So uh, this idea of giving away this base, now we combine it. Now we combine it with letting them basically rape, rape us, right? I mean, they just. I mean, we we went crazy during during uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Russians went crazy over this when we had a surveillance plane over over Russia uh, in the late nineteen fifties. It broke up a whole negotiation between Eisenhower and the Russians. Now, these are things I don't expect Biden to know because, uh, you know, he can't imagine he has read much history or retains it. He, even before he became demented, he was stupid. And, and uh, if you don't ever take my word for it, you listen to his fellow cabinet member who's, who says that he never got anything, never got a foreign policy decision correct. Well, he sure as hell hasn't gotten it correct since he's been president. So I don't know what uh, they're saying about it now, but now every piece of information coming out is showing what liars they were when they said that this this uh, uh, balloon wasn't strategically valuable to the Chinese. Apparently, it can take pictures the satellite can't take. There's a great deal of concern that it, it's able to hover, and it hovered over three very critical air bases that we have. Then we don't know what else it picked up, and and it's been reported that they had equipment that allows them to do some pretty, pretty uh, uh, in-depth capturing of our our Internet traffic, you know, like the FBI did to me uh, from the day that I began representing Trump as a lawyer. Think about that for a minute. They go and take my iCloud account, and they date it from the day, That I began representing Trump as a lawyer. Do they have to be any more obvious that they're going after me because I'm Trump's lawyer? Oh, by the way, they discontinued it when I uh, uh, stopped actively representing it. Man, 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 man. man. So the hearings are, uh, I I hope, and I wish I had the time to play for you. Uh, I found it extraordinary. Uh, I listened to them twice, Grassley and Johnson. Now, these are two very good men. I've known Senator Grassley from the first time I was confirmed by the Senate to be Associate Attorney General of the United States. That would be 1981. And he was one of the people on the Judiciary Committee that was tasked with looking into my background and everything else. And I got to know him then. I got to work with him on uh, the Reagan administration appointment of of, of U.S. attorneys and marshals. I also had a a secondary role in the appointment of judges. Ed Schmolz, who was the deputy attorney general, had that as his main uh, uh, responsibility. And mine were getting the US attorneys and US marshals confirmed. There's over 160 of them, so that was a pretty big big job. Um, And also, uh, I I headed up the attorney general's task force on violent crime that was chaired by uh, James Q. Wilson, and Governor Thompson uh, of, of Illinois. And, uh, and, and Senator Grassley was enormously interested in their work, so I would go brief him on it. I consider Senator Grassley to be one of the, more honor- one, one of the most honorable people in politics that I've ever met. Man's not going to lie, and, and neither is Senator Johnson, by the way. It's also a very, very honorable man, and they, they put, him, put both these men through hell. Imagine asserting that they were Russian agents. It's one thing to assert that I was a Russian agent. I mean, I was Trump's lawyer, and therefore, I guess, you know, I could be persecuted, prosecuted, lied about, maligned. Um, Turns out, as you're going to find out later from a very, very high-level source, uh, so far everything that, that has been able to be determined as to whether it was true or false, I was telling the truth. And the Biden people and the Hillary Clinton people have been lying their backsides off. Just think about it. I was a Russian agent. Johnson was a Russian agent. Grassley. Well, totally untrue. Totally made up. They get 51 so-called intelligence experts to, uh, to certify that. They never even looked at the hard drive. They never even asked questions about it. Oh, you want us to say it? We don't have any integrity, we'll just say it. Well, we'll be right back, and we've got a very, very special uh, interruption that's going to take place in the second half of the show, so hang on. In fact, I'll tell you who it is when you come back. America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani coming back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. Let's listen to this. You know what it is? The moment I wake up
1: Before I put on my
0: makeup
1: <laughs> I say a little prayer for you
0: So that's, uh, that's of course, one of uh, Bert Backrack's great hits with... Uh, with the artist that he probably had the longest and most successful uh, partnership, Dionne Warwick. It's, it's really the, the, the pairing of him and Hal uh, David, who was the lyricist that he met in 1957, uh, that um, led to their signing uh, Miss Warwick in 1962. And her first success was "Walk On By," which I, you heard at the beginning of the show, and um, and then uh, and then songs like "Reach Out for Me," "Message to Michael," "Trains and Boats and Planes," the one you just heard, "I Say a Little Prayer," and as we move on, we'll play we'll play a little more. Of these uh, of these songs by really uh, one of the great American songwriters, uh, Bert Bacharach, and, and and I knew Bert fairly well and a uh, hell of a nice guy. And uh, there, if you read uh, the uh, obituaries in the Times and in the Wall Street Journal, and um, you see very interesting, very long life. He lived into uh, 94 years old, um, but he's a very approachable guy and. Um, just had this ability. I mean, he could write songs for, 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 uh, for fun. I mean, he'd, go, he'd write one for you. Um, there comes a couple of stories about that in the obituaries. And You're going to find that you know his music. I mean, the next two songs will we'll surprise you with, but you're going to find that you know his music much better than, than you thought because I played a few of them uh, on my live stream and, and then for a couple of my f- friends that were here last night, and they said, oh, did he do that one? Did he do that one? Did he do that one? Well, there's a, there's a question asked uh, in the in the uh, Wall Street Journal today, and I want to give credit because I am not a plagiarist, unlike the President of the United States. Um, and, and it's entitled, I just think it's fun to ask the question, would Jesus bet on the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, because now uh, gambling has gone, as they point out, mainstream. At Barton Swamp points out who wrote it. Uh, are now after the uh, Murphy versus NCAA decision in 2018, it pretty much uh, uh, makes it possible for any of the states to permit to permit gambling, and almost all of them have. And so the Super Bowl last year had of for, advertisements for gambling. I mean, I remember in my history as an NFL fan. I remember uh, football players uh, as as famous as Paul Hornung uh, being uh, being uh, suspended because they had frequented gamblers, or I'm not even sure they bet on games, but they were in the presence of gamblers, and NFL wanted no connection with gamblers. And this was after the point shaving uh, scandals of the 1950s in basketball, and football was very afraid of that. But uh, last last year they had gambling ads. I think for DraftKings, Joe Namath, my friend Joe Namath, uh, was there in his mink coat, and then for Caesar's Sport Book with the, with the All American um, Manning Clan, Archie Cooper, Eli and Payton, and this Sunday we're gonna get another American icon, Ron Gron- Rob Gron- 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 Gronkowski, who's gonna appear in one for FanDuel. And then, uh, you can't get more lovable and more than Big Poppy. He's going to do one. So, um, we're there. Uh, The conclusion, uh, using biblical references, is that Jesus would have not wanted you to gamble. It's legal, but is it the right thing to do? Is the whole purpose of this? And he goes through... Uh, the analysis Both in the Old Testament and New Testament Well now we're going to take a break We're going to be back With our special guest The mayor of New York City Rudy Giuliani Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani show and Here you go There's This is another This is another one of the great Burt Bacharach songs with Dionne Warwick Do You Know the Way to San Jose quite uh, a famous song we'll play one or two more Uh, we're going to fade out with his I will tell you this with his favorite song the one that the one that he would perform and sing although I've I've heard him sing he sings better than me and that's about all I can say Uh, but uh, he the one he would sing was Alfie that was his that was his um, favorite song and uh, my uh, favorite song of his is uh, When Raindrops Keep Falling from uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So we'll play both of those as well. Well, now I have uh, my guest who's going to introduce my guest, which is a, a very substantial guest. My uh, my good friend and uh, partner in helping to do so many things, uh, Ted Goodman and Ted is a um, Ted was here last night when we when we got a surprise. So I do a show. Well, why don't you explain? I do a show between eight and nine uh, on, on live stream. I think I've you know asked you to watch it. It's it's uh, you can get it on. Well, where, where do you get it, Ted?
1: That's right. Of course, we have our evening live stream uh, across your social media accounts: YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Getter, Rumble, and Twitch. Not TikTok. We are not on TikTok, ah, and we never will be. Good. Ah,
0: okay.
1: So this is from 8 to 9 p.m., and at approximately 8.52 p.m., your, your phone goes off. And we,
0: had, and we had, last night, we had live guests, right? We had a small group of live guests.
1: We had a group who, of guests. Who, who
0: can ask questions, and uh, so we get, we get you, you can send in questions, and Ted will ask me the questions. And then sometimes we have live guests that can either, you know, make comments or, or get more provocative even.
1: That's right. Uh, so this is a show from eight to nine p.m. At eight fifty-two p.m., the the mayor's phone goes off, and uh, who is it? It's President Donald Trump. We, and
0: we were using the phone. We were using the
1: phone. You should know as a camera for Getter, Getter. That's right. So the phone goes off. I see it. It's, it it reads President Donald Trump, <laughs> and and the mayor asks, "Is is President Donald Trump calling?" To which I say, "He is." And now we all know how loyal the mayor is to his audience, and we know how much he respects. And to my
0: client and friend, uh, Donald Trump. Is a t- but see what happens.
1: Of course, of course. So, uh, the mayor, you know, didn't want to interrupt the end of his show and, and said, you know, he had basically tasked me with telling the president to call back. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, Imagine that. I'm sorry. We can't so talk to you right now. So, uh, as I'm contemplating how I'm going to say this to the president, uh, the mayor steps in and asks, well, maybe the president wants to say hello to my audience, and I'd like that. And of course, the president said, "Yes, anything for you, Rudy." He so he he proceeded to go on our show uh, for about five minutes, and
0: we went into soccer time.
1: We went over so whenever we go over the one-hour period, we call it soccer time, and of course, stoppage time in yeah, soccer. We we,
0: and we don't, it's, you know, when they put the penalty time in at the end of the soccer thing, it, it drives me nuts. They never tell you the exact only. Only they don't the count referee, down like we do in America. Only the referee knows how much time it is. They don't put it up on a board, so only Ted and I know how much time it is. <laughs>
1: so we so we can go as long as long as we need to. But the president mayor he sounded fantastic. He sounded healthy well, and full of life.
0: We have a little. We have a couple of clips, right? Why, why don't we play them? Pick out any ones you want. Mister President, it's Rudy Giuliani. Hi, Rudy. I'm sitting here with Randy Levine of the Yankees and Chris Ruddy and. We're just, it's like a love fest talking about Rudy. And we clearly, without any doubt, the no, best president since. And give him another four years and he'll be just as good or better. Well,
1: that's great, Rudy. And we will try and we'll try to save the country because it's in
0: deep trouble. It's in deep, deep trouble. And tell Randy, does he realize that since I left being mayor, the Yankees have only won one championship? Oh, that's not good.
1: Randy, he said that since he's left, Mayor, you've only won one championship, he said that. But that's not bad. Don't forget, most guys have won none for 30- <laughs> <laughs> 30
0: but, 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 Mr. President, you know your friend George wouldn't be happy. He, he wanted to win every year. Now, George wouldn't be happy, but... Uh, but Randy's doing a great job. Uh, who knows? Now, they have a good group. The two guys are great, and Randy does a fantastic... You know, uh, George loved Randy. I know like that.
1: Really, you know, we were just talking about you and you he feels so strongly about you. It's really nice.
0: Well, that's one uh clip and maybe we'll play another one uh there was a little bit more to it, right? There was an, then uh, do we have another clip? If we do, let's play that. Okay, Ted? Okay. Well, that's I think you got it. you got the flavor of it. He goes on to talk about how which I was very happy that I've been proven uh, correct on everything that I asserted in in 20 well starting in 2018 2019 I was the first one that raised the uh criminal allegations against uh, uh President Biden and I did it and, I, and nobody remembers this I did it uh well I started gathering it in the end, at the end of 2017 it was brought to me I didn't go looking for it I, I got it because uh, we, I was trying to dig up information to defend President Trump. I was his lawyer, um, and uh, I got this information about the about all of the all of the uh, c- uh, corruption that was going on in Ukraine, and how the uh, Clinton uh, campaign had p- uh, paid over a million dollars and put other money out to get dirt on Trump, and the focus of it was in the in Ukraine, not in Russia the russian thing was a paid for lie and a lot of it was constructed in ukraine even uh the guy who wrote it who wrote the dossier and uh and the and, and the uh former reporters who had become merchants of dirt uh went to ukraine and uh, they made up things and created things and created a whole phony ledger book and so i got all the, and in the middle of all of that information they tell me and of course you know about biden's bribery of the president of of um of of uh U- ukraine the guy made a fortune now i mean that amount i only i never had to really prove that but I, the witnesses say it ranged between over a course of some time he 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 bled uh zloshevsky of about uh, 50 to 100 million. Now, remember, Zolchewski got to keep a $40 billion company. And Zolchewski has been quoted since then saying he got away cheap because the allegation is the Biden's got about 20 million and the president of of, uh, Ukraine, who ultimately is the one who had to drop the case, got about 50 million. Now, if you know anything about Poroshenko, you know that's very believable because he was voted out of office because everybody in Ukraine knew what a damn crook he was. I mean, he has hands in everything. He was like the character in The Godfather saying, you know, I have to wet my beak. He didn't just wet his beak. He stuck his beak into every deal. So uh, when he had this guy, Zlosevsky, uh he had his company tied up, a company that was dishonestly created while Zloshevsky was a minister of government. Uh, and this is the kind of people the Bidens associate with. Sloshevsky is a member of Ukrainian organized crime. He is suspected of killing his partner. He's not just Ukrainian, but he's Ukrainian Russian oriented. The side we're not supposed to be on, but the Bidens. The, you, you, can, you can demonstrate a solid 8 million going to the Bidens from this major uh, organized criminal. The 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 rest is based on uh, testimony and statements of prosecutors in a Ukraine who were willing to to demonstrate that with a woman who the FBI was given the name of and the location and uh, and the fact that at the at the time that she they were given this there was fear that she would be killed because they did make an attempt on the former prosecutor's life Shokin. Uh, the FBI uh, left her hanging out there. Um, And she claimed, and I don't know if it's true or not, because it never was followed up, but it's absolutely, totally irresponsible and a sign of how corrupt the upper echelon of the FBI is that they never followed up. She claimed to have the numbers of the offshore bank accounts where money was laundered for the crooks that worked for Burisma, which included the Bidens and other officials um, whose names I will not give you because uh, I don't have the proof. I do have it with the Bidens. And not only that, they provided a lot of the proof in the hard drive if you bother to read it. Uh, So that's where we are. Let's go to Jimmy in uh, Brooklyn.
2: Hello, Mr. Mayor. It's a, it's a shame what's going on in this country. It's a little bit off what you're talking about right now, I think. Yep. But years ago, the communists said that when we're in charge, we're still going to have the court system, the Justice Department, the media. We're still going to have everything we've always had, except it will have class content, meaning working class versus the capitalist. So that's what the communists said they're aiming for. in Gramsci, In the writings from Antonio Gramsci, the communists said that in a country like America, the Western countries, that it's self perpetuating because they have the media, the, the the police, they have the government, they have the government agencies, the schools, the religion, all supporting, reinforcing and self perpetuating the capitalist system. So they're gonna and they called that a hegemony. Uh, so they're gonna do a counter hegemony, built built the same thing but controlled by the radical left. That's what's happened now. That's why when you see Congressman Raskin defending U.S. intelligence, you know that they they did the right thing. They weren't working against Trump, and they weren't working in the the, uh, the high tech media. The difference is that when the left years ago was not in power, they targeted U.S. intelligence for destruction. So they penetrated the minds of these people, and they turned U.S. intelligence then inward, working inward against its own country. This is all written about. These were the goals. Marcus, uh, uh, Congressman Raskin's father was a leader and founder of the tax-exempt KGB front group, Institute for Policy Studies. I mean, this I, is I, very uh, serious stuff. The communists wrote about this thirty, thirty-five years ago. Also, weaponizing the the government agencies against the opposition that's what they did in czechoslovakia and they wrote about it they said yeah he's a uh,
0: raskin is a, is, is a slime a complete slime uh i wish they would release you, you know they 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 questioned uh everyone including me and they only released uh dishon they never actually even released the transcripts but there's one interchange i have with raskin where If you talk to my lawyer, Bob Costello, he'll tell you, I completely destroyed the little jerk. Uh, I I mean, this is not the smartest guy in the world. He thinks of himself as some kind of a lawyer. He really isn't. And you just get the feeling that this guy is a uh, left-wing extremist. I didn't know about his father, Jim.
2: His father supported the enemy during the Cold War. This was open stuff. And this Institute for Policy Studies makes policy, yeah, and a lot yeah. of that policy is thought up in Russia, and then implemented here. By the way, one more thing, this is very important. 2017, Putin had a youth festival in Sochi, where the Olympic thing was held, Sochi, right. Russia. This was Putin's youth, uh, youth uh, meeting. 30,000 youth, youth, young people from across the world went to Russia, Representing 188 countries. This was like the common turn of years ago, but even bigger. So these were radical left, communist, Marxist, environmentalist, and viroleninist, they should be called. So this shows you that it's continuing revolution, 30,000 young people. That doesn't sound like a that, 30,000 young people out of 8 billion people. But 30,000 young people, but they were leaders of movements and groups in their countries, 188 countries, 30,000 youth wow. from 188 countries. Meeting in Russia, Sochi, 2017, that the, the, the Soviet tanks, the Russian tanks going into Ukraine, fly the hammer and sickle flag. This is the world communist movement. You know, uh, Sun Tzu, the art of war, said that when weak, you fake strength. When strength, you fake weakness. When near, you you appear far and far, you appear near. Like that. So in other words, everything's opposite. So the Soviet communist, China, communist, all the world communist movement, somehow had our people, even U.S. intelligence, believe in MAGA is the threat.
0: Oh, isn't that amazing? It's opposite. Uh, uh, Make America great again. But anything that extols America is a threat to them. Anything that says anything good about America, they want to create the fiction that we are a completely evil country with a completely evil history, which is what the 1619 Project, that phony uh, uh, piece of garbage is all about. Well, we've got to take a break, and when we come back, we will have the mayor's final thoughts.
2: Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani.
0: <laughs> There's Rudy Giuliani back uh, with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you very, very much for tuning in. Let's listen to another like great Bert Beckrack song. For his bed. Nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling so well, that's from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with Robert Redford. And uh, and uh, who, who was the other famous actor in it? Oh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. That's it, right? Interesting pair. I mean, they also did the uh, they did movies about gambling, remember? We were just talking about whether Jesus would bet on the Super Bowl. Uh, well, this is uh, the mayor's final thoughts. Uh, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers T2T dot org, which is the organization that is there for uh, police officers and uh, uh, military members uh, who lose their lives in the uh, in the in, in the pursuit of uh, protecting us, and uh, and those who become catastrophically injured, and they're there for the families. Uh, to support them, to pay off the mortgage on the home, and also to build homes that uh, can be can be very, very useful to people who 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 are uh, disabled and and not uh, not able to be act independently, and it gives them a great deal of self worth and independence. And gosh, I'm sure you've seen these advertisements on Fox and on Newsmax, and uh, where you've actually seen the the, the uh, service members. Uh, it, 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 Send them 11 bucks a month. Come on. Get on the right side there. It was quite impressive uh, to see uh, what they did during Christmas when each day from about, about Thanksgiving to New Year's, they presented a new house every single day to somebody who had lost the use of their arms and legs and... Well, there's a story, and I don't exactly know what the what the occasion was for this. Done by the former baseball commissioner, Fay Vincent. Um, <clears throat> he was baseball commissioner from eighty nine to ninety two. <laughs> Since we talked about George Steinbrenner, it's kind of interesting. He's the one who suspended Steinbrenner. Uh, but he does a story about a Navy captain named Joseph Roch Roachforth, who died in nineteen seventy six. But he was a mid level intelligence officer in hawaii and he provided the analysis that led to the u.s naval victory in the battle of midway by breaking the code by breaking the japanese code and um Ro- Ro- had been sent back in 1929 to japan with two other americans to study japanese so he became fluent in the language and the culture and it was really a, a matter of great foresight that the navy did this right that they they got themselves some people that really knew Japan. So they broke the code, and they, uh, I don't think it was in time for Pearl Harbor, but it was right after Pearl Harbor. And by May of 1942, he, he, he had broken the code. And the radio traffic uh, uh, alerted him that a, a number of Japanese aircraft carriers, four or five, were going to be c- kind of really close to each other. Headed for midway, and they were going to attack Midway and we went to Nimitz with it Admiral Nimitz Nimitz was was uh, uh, worried that you know that this wasn't working, and it sounded crazy that they would they would amass that much of their of their navy in one place and uh, Rocheford and his colleagues did a little test. they put out uh, false information saying that the desalination system in Midway was failing, and that there was no drinking water on the island, so that if you took it over and you invaded it, your, your troops were going to die of, of, of uh, thirst and uh, starvation and other things. Because that was totally untrue. But what happened is, we then were able to pick up information that the Japanese started uh, bringing water, large, large tanks of water, out to their aircraft carriers. And lo and behold, Nimitz believed them. And at just the right time, within hours, we destroyed uh, two thirds of the of the uh, aircraft carriers of the uh, uh, navy of Japan. We, we decimated their navy. We did more damage to their navy at Midway than they did to ours at Pearl Harbor. Uh, and it's uh, there's a great movie, or two great movies about it, but the earlier one is the better one. And. Uh, I really, I really urge you to watch it. Again. That's Rudy Giuliani. America's Mayor. The Mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.